Hey guys, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast, where you will be inspired, encouraged, and transformed with powerful teachings and real stories of mental health. This podcast is not a substitute for counseling. If you are in a crisis, call or text your local crisis center or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Jesus is in our mental health, and freedom is where we start. I am your host, Heidi Mortensen, licensed marriage and family therapist. Get ready. Today's show is going to bring you hope. Hello, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. I am Heidi Mortensen, licensed marriage and family therapist. I am your host. And today I have a very, very special guest. Her name is Abby McKee, and she is from Texas. Which city in Texas? We are in North Fort Worth, North Fort Worth. Okay. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And I am really, really excited to have her. She is a published author, soon to be podcaster. She is a mom of a wonderful husband and has four beautiful children. She is also an advocate, public speaker, life coach, dream interpreter, and service expert. She has a lot of expertise and very unique woman. She's gone through many different places. She's very comfortable with going with light places and dark places and really just loves all people in all walks of life. So welcome, Abby. Thanks for coming on the show. Well, thanks for having me. So I would love if you could really just introduce yourself and tell our listeners about yourself before you knew Jesus. So just give us a little bit of history and just kind of share some of, if you did have any mental health struggles and any diagnoses, because this is a mental health show. And if not, just kind of what those struggles were. Yeah, I'd be glad to. So I think first and foremost, I have to say that I believe I did have many mental health struggles. I was never diagnosed with anything. My story, I think, begins with the divorce of my parents, like many people. A lot of people today have come from that same walk of life. And as a child, I just was trying to discover who I was and what my identity was and just figure life out. And by the time I was 11 years old, I was using drugs and I started off very lightly, but very quickly I moved from marijuana use to cocaine use. I never really liked pharmaceutical drugs and I didn't like anything intravenous, but uh, everything else was fair game for me. And so 11 years old, I really started my walkabout, I like to call it. And I was raised in a Christian home. My dad was a spirit-filled gentleman and still is to this day. But I just had to go figure out who I was and what the world had to say first, for some reason. Yeah. At 22, I became a single mom. And uh, I guess I should have said prior to that, I dropped out of high school when I was 16 years old. And by the time I was 22, I became a single mom. I waited tables a lot and just found my joy in being around people, but it wasn't full joy, right? I didn't really walk with the Lord during that time. But even through my years of drug use, I would point people in the direction of the fact that Jesus loved them. Hmm. I would always, I would I have memories of, hmm. of uh, you know, tripping acid and doing stupid stuff. And I would be like, but Jesus loves you because people would question things and they'd talk about aliens and maybe in the middle of this crazy encounter from a substance. And I'm like, but that can't be true because it's not in the Bible and Jesus loves you. Wow. you know? wow. But I would sneak outside my church as a kid and I would smoke pot and I was just not, I was not a great child. And my dad had no idea. It was clueless. I did live with my dad. I was raised by my father for primarily. My mom was paramedic and she worked a lot. So she was gone much of the time. So that's me in a nutshell. 
I wanted to pull out as you're talking because you kept talking about identity. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you were believing lies about yourself and oh you were gosh, operating yeah. from those lies. So I'm just wondering, just because I know this is similar to our listeners, if you could pull out some of the lies that you were believing and operating from that place, what would you say were kind of the top lies that you were operating from? Well, first of all, I think denial of any issues mm. was a big one. If you would have asked me, I would have said I'm completely in control and I'm, I'm very aware of myself that I don't have any issues, that I'm just a kid having fun. And I thought I knew exactly who I was. I thought that I am a child of God and I'm just, like I said, on my walkabout. I'm just out here figuring out life and experiencing things. Whew. Wow. Sorry. I get emotional thinking about it. <laughs> no. It was, it was a, a crazy time in my life because now I know how hurting I was and the lack of identity that I did have, which led me to the place of being a single mom. Mm. I got in a relationship right after I had my daughter. She was probably six weeks old. And the gentleman that I dated for a couple of months, we ended up breaking up. He was a drug dealer. And I was trying to get out of that life. During my pregnancy, I had tried to trick myself a little bit, not realizing that's what I was doing. I thought I was going to cheat the system again and read the Bible to my baby in my belly, Mm. right? Because I knew growing up that faith came by hearing and hearing the word of God Mm. because I had a foundation placed in me. So faith came by hearing and hearing the word of God. And I knew that the power of the tongue is life and death, right? So if I was speaking it, I was hearing it, but so was my baby. And I knew that if, you know, you read to your baby that your baby was supposed to be more intelligent. And I didn't find out I was pregnant until I was four months pregnant. So I had no idea what to expect when my child was born. I had no clue. And so through that, I kind of tricked myself thinking I was gaming the game with God and I was, I was cheating the system and it just really kind of blew up in my face in a great way. So when I dated this gentleman at the end, tragically, you know, we split up. One day he came to my house and raped me on my couch. Mm. During that encounter, I remember feeling like I was in a life raft or like a a blow up boat. I was laying on the couch, but it felt like I was in a boat. As I looked up, it wasn't really his face I was seeing. It was very distorted. It was almost as if I was able to see things in the supernatural. Wow. So the Lord allowed me to see what was really attacking me. So I didn't see the person as much as I saw the spirit behind the person. Mm -hmm. And so immediately when I kind of came to consciousness, he never hit me. I just kind of blacked out and I was sober. Mm -hmm. I'd been sober for a few weeks. When I looked up and I saw his face, immediately I heard the voice of the Lord. And he said, Abby, this is not what I had intended for you. You've gotten so far away from what I intended for you that this is what you have allowed in. And immediately I was like, oh man, I have screwed up because I just kind of knew, you know, yeah. I knew that I had gotten off, off of the track that he wanted me to be walking with. And he said, if you don't hear me now, I will always be there to catch you, but you won't hear my voice anymore. And it was enough to scare me right back into knowing what my choice was. I already knew immediately, but I was still in the middle of this encounter and being assaulted physically It was almost as if as soon as I heard him, I decided in my heart, yes, Lord, the gentleman got up, he pulled his clothes back on and he walked right out my door and I never saw him in person again. And it was just the most incredible encounter. But I went from that point, I had a very low point for a year. I was the brand new mom. I knew personally after the breakup that this gentleman had told me he had a type of an STD and it was one that would never go away. And so here I am. I initially had been aware that I was good to go after the relationship, but now I have to go through that again because I just had this sexual encounter with him that I didn't ask for. 
And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm a new mom. I knew how important dads were because my dad had been around and I'm like, my daughter's never going to have a dad. Everything started crashing down on top of me. Yeah. That was a really rough time. You weren't self-medicating. So you actually, I was not right. So you had to actually face those real tough emotions. Yes. For the first time in my cognitive memory, I guess, or at least since I was 11 for the first first time since I was 11 years old, I was sober and had been for a couple of weeks. So So is that when you feel like you met Jesus was in the moment of getting, I think I really did. I think in the the middle of that was the first time I'd ever clearly, at least as an adult, for sure. Yeah. Heard the voice of God and knew that's what I was hearing. So, so it was in the middle of that. Take me through how God redeemed your history. So it sounds like this first year was really hard. How mm-hmm. did God show up for you where your identity really started to match and operate from the way God intended for you? When did yeah, that shift uh, for you? That started to shift probably about a year and a half after my encounter. So immediately after that encounter, I made drastic changes. I still had to work my job. I was a single mom. I still had to work my job. So I was still bartending and I had to live in that. But I began to minister from my platform as a bartender. I would pray with people. I would talk to them. Uh, I had my regulars still coming in. The Lord actually increased my finances during that time. I still had, you know, people that would come in and, and talk to me. I also encountered things that weren't beautiful too. We had local pastors that would refuse to come to the bar top and pick up their to-go food because I was also in charge of to-go food as a bartender and they wouldn't even come and pick up their food there. And so just as a plug for people with maybe a closed mindset on that, go just be in the world. Okay. Bake the cakes, pick up your to-go food, whatever it is that you're called to do in the secular world, just do it and make connection with people and relationships. Yeah. Sorry, a little no, side note there. But, I, I totally yeah. agree with you. We have to be in the world. That's where Jesus oh, calls sure. us to be light where there's darkness. Yeah. But he gave me the opportunity to see the differences in people. And he picked me up and he basically placed me into the right setting with the right leadership for the time. I had people come around me. I would still show up to church on Sundays. I might smell like a bar or, you know, whatever, but I was still coming. And I began to kind of change my habits during that time, just because I was hearing the Lord more clearly. So I never was a big drinker during my days of uh, drug use, but once I became 21 is when that kind of shifted and all this happened when I turned 22, but the Lord began to change my habits a little bit. I started just becoming a DD for people. I would still go out because I missed the social companionship and the social stuff. And so (laughs) I began to change and go out, but I was the sober guy and My life just began to shift from there, but I started showing up to church more regularly and just found people that walked me through it and loved me through Mm -hmm. the whole thing. But to say I found a spiritual mother or father, I'm not really sure that I found the one person who did that. I had many people around me who just kind of poured into me a little bit. So, Mm -hmm. you know, another thing I want to say is just because you don't find a spiritual mother or father or the person who pours into your life and you can call at any point in time. You still have a mandate, you have a responsibility to get with the Lord, to still serve him through that, because maybe he wants to talk to you directly. Okay. He wants to talk to you directly. And that's really the point of all of it. It's not to just have relationship with a spiritual mother and father. It is to actually get in and have relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. Those people are supposed to lead you to him. So if you haven't found the parents yet, still get in the word. All right. 
That's good. And spend time with him in the secret place. Absolutely. And it's just you and him and nobody else. Yeah. So help the listeners know how can they receive hope with mental health struggles, with drug addiction, alcoholism, whatever it is that we're struggling with when we don't feel like it. So how can we match up with what the word of God says, what God says about us when our lives are a mess, we don't feel like not drinking, or we don't feel Mm -hmm. like going in the words, spending, what does the secret place mean? How do I do this? How can our listeners access that freedom similar to what you did? They might not have an encounter like you did. Mm -hmm. How can they pull at what God says and have that be a reality for them? Absolutely. I would just suggest that you, in the times when you are feeling like it, that you get in your word and you find a couple of things that really speak to you. Okay. God is not a bringer of fear. So we're not going to stick to that. If you are hearing the word of God, then your faith is building. And if you're speaking it, you're changing your destiny. Things are totally shifting. And even if you don't see it, he is moving very deeply within you. One of the things I noticed immediately after my encounter during that year was I wanted to hear the voice of the Lord the same way that I heard him in that moment. And he was like, "Mm -mm, nope, we're going to see how dedicated you are to this thing, I think. And he basically, he began to show himself in different ways. I would see the way that the birds flew across the sky and they would almost go into slow motion and it would look very different than what it was before. And what had happened was the scales of had fallen off of my eyes. So I would pray every day, please let the scales fall off my eyes, remove the fat deposits from my ears. Okay. Mm -hmm. I had a vision like that one time with the Holy spirit literally coming in and Mm -hmm. pulling junk out of people. It was a cartoon version. So it wasn't that gross, but (laughs) I was seeing the Holy spirit as a dove coming in and just removing fat deposits from people's ears because we've heard so much junk, but we're not hearing the Lord because we've listened to every other voice. Right. And so Just really try in the little things, you have to choose truth. You Mm -hmm. have to decide that he is your truth and that you're choosing truth every single moment. That has to be it. Yeah. So it sounds like consistency. Consistency. Like even when you don't feel it, you still need to be getting in the word, speaking out what God says about us, even though we don't feel it. And even if you mess up, get right back on the horse. That happens too. You're going to fall off. Do not beat yourself up. The Lord's not going to beat you up. Just get up and start right back where where you were before. What did you say to me before we started this podcast? You said, let's see what we can mess up. Let's see what we can mess up. (laughs) The Lord is all in on that. He wants to see you trying, right? It doesn't mean you're going to land the plane every single time the way that you see it. Yeah. He is a good father. There's so many of us that we think we have to do things right, or we have to do certain things. And that's not God. That's not our heavenly father. He loves us just the way that we are right in the middle of the messes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Mm Because if he didn't, I would not be saved. (laughs) I am a hot mess. (laughs) But you access the true love of God through messes that you don't have to be and look a certain way that he loves you just as you are. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a little cliche to say, but we've heard he turns a test into a testimony, a mess into a message. I mean, that is absolutely a thousand percent true. Your life is 
totally that. So I would love for you to talk about what God is doing in your life. I mean, I think I could probably spend the whole show talking about all the stories (laughs) you have and the things that you've experienced. Yeah. Just talk about some of the projects you're working on. And I'd love to know if you could actually share about how you've, some of the work you've done with Cindy McGill, this is Mm -hmm. your book. So from broken to wild and free Mm -hmm. stories of becoming. So this is a book that Abby has written with nine other women, correct? Mm-hmm. And a bunch of other girls. Yep. I mean, I couldn't put it down. This was so amazing. And it was every single story is different. And so this is one of the projects that you've done. Tell us about some of the other work that God is doing through your life. Absolutely. So through that, I would like to encourage you to write your story down too. Mm-hmm. Write it down and tell it as much as you possibly can. I found so much freedom. I guess I should pick that up too. I found so much freedom in giving in the forgiveness component of all this and in then telling my story about it. Because about a year and a half, you'd ask, when did it start to kick off before? About a year and a half after the encounter with this gentleman, I had met a young Marine who was deployed and he was a friend of mine. And I got a call from the gentleman who had raped me. Okay. And he had gone to jail not for me. So I was not vindicated in what had happened to me, not by man's standards. He had gone to prison for an old drug charge or something stupid. And he wrote me and he just kept saying, I miss you. I'm like, my God, he was as misled as I was, right? There was that supernatural entity that had come and taken over the situation. He was just as jacked up as I was through the whole thing. The Lord had me the same night that I sat down and I wrote a forgiveness letter to my rapist. Wow. And I asked him for forgiveness for any part that I had in that, that I had made him comfortable around me or given him any indication that there was a permission there, you know, because our situation was one that where we knew each other mm-hmm. and I had asked for his forgiveness and I released forgiveness to him that same night I wrote in a Bible. I wrote the words to a song. I think it was by Cutlass called word of God speak. Mm-hmm. And it was a prayer to open up your Bible and say, okay, speak to me through this word. And I sent it off to Iraq to a young man who actually became my husband about a year and a half later. Wow. So there was redemption even in my forgiveness story. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. It got kind of deep and crazy. So, and he eventually adopted my daughter and we just last week, actually, we just had our, don't misquote me. I don't want to get in trouble. I think our 12th wedding anniversary. Um, And so we've been together for a while now anyway. Yeah. So Yeah, it really was. Through that encounter, the Lord moved us. We went to a couple different states because of his his job. And then when he retired, we went to West Virginia and the Lord put me through school. I actually went to college and Mm -hmm. I got my degree in psychology. I finished up my bachelor's in about three and a half years. I graduated with like a 3.8 GPA. I'm a high school dropout now. Yeah, this really this was him. This is not me. Yes. (laughs) All him. Crazy. Crazy the way that he redeemed every single thing that I had made a wrong turn at. Okay. That's the only reason why I bring this up is he will not only see through it, he'll see through it with excellence and he will bless you. And so from there, after I graduated during that time, I was part of a strip club ministry. I began going into strip clubs and we would just bring gifts to the ladies that were there and the door guys and all the relationships, people I still love, people I'm still in connection with, even though we've moved to Texas since then. Mm -hmm. I began there and I went to a ladies conference and was introduced to the woman who introduced me to Cindy McGill. Mm-hmm. And so Cindy, if you guys don't know who she is, you should look her up. She mm-hmm. is fantastic. 
She's a dear, dear friend of mine at this point in my life. And so I met her actually. My favorite way to tell the story is that people say, how did you meet Cindy McGill? And I'll say, well, I met her in a hotel at a porn convention in Las Vegas. (laughs) That's a great way to say how you met Cindy. (laughs) It's the truth. I never went through her training. Someone had just spoken up for me and I ended up going with her to Las Vegas and we go into the porn convention and we go in as dream interpreters. So, and that's a true gifting. I think, I mean, that's just something God gave me, but it's really been built up since joining with Cindy and doing a lot of stuff. The Lord has completely turned my life around from just being this broken kid with no identity. I mean, he's still having me figure out my identity every single day. If you say, Abby, who are you? He made me write. Heidi read at the beginning of this introducing me. I would never have written about myself, but the Lord actually made me put that in the book because we had to do a short bio. The Lord said, this is who you are. And he made me write it. I would never have put that. I would rather meet you somewhere in a dark alley and talk to you about Jesus. I don't care about titles, but he made me write out. (laughs) He made me write that out for my identity. And so I'm still figuring out who I am, but he has shown me all along the way how faithful he is Mm -hmm. and how he is a redeemer. He will fill you completely up to the point of overflowing and you won't even see it coming. This Sunday, the pastor at the church we've been at for a little while now has asked me to give my testimony. And the part of it that I want to share is that I was a dropout and I was a drug addict and I did all these crazy things in my young life. And the day that I went to my church, I joined a cleaning ministry. And the day that I went to the church and the lady who ran it asked me, she said, Abby, would you mind clean, helping me clean the office? And I said, yeah, sure. No problem. And she said, because I trust you, you're always here. You're very reliable. And I was like, okay. And she gave me a key to the church. And I was like, oh, wow, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Because I would never have given me a key to the church. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a year before that, I would never have given me a key to the church. And then she said, you have to clean the pastor's bathroom when you clean the office. Wow. And I remember the first time I went in there by myself, I unlocked the door. I went in the pastor's bathroom and his outfit for the night was hanging up on, there's like a little shower in there mm-hmm. and it was hanging up on the shower. And I got just down on my knees in front of this man's toilet. And I just began to weep. Mm-hmm. I was like, God, you are such a redeemer. Mm-hmm. And I'm about to scrub this man's toilet. And I'm like, I'm like, Jesus, thank you for entrusting me. Thank you for changing me. And mm-hmm. that was such a huge transition point for me in my life after everything I had done. And everything I had been through, everything that had been done to me, and it was massive. And this past weekend, we had a conference for Cindy. We called it a non-conference. Anyway, yeah. uh, <laughs> we had a conference and Cindy was unable to be there for a large portion of it. Her daughter was in the hospital with her new grandson oh, yeah. and it came up out of nowhere and Cindy was not able to be there for a large portion of it. And she said, well, you're just going to have to do it. And I was like, come again. And she said, you're going to have, you're going to have to take this and do it. Wow. Abby, I was shot right back to that moment when I was cleaning that toilet 10 years ago. And I was like, Lord, you are so faithful. Yeah. He's so faithful. And so now I have a podcast episode that's going to come out called the vac and the mic. Like, are you willing to vacuum before I hand you a mic? Cause it's not going to happen. I love it. it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That is awesome. That, and that feels like, so you, what's the name of your podcast again? It's called the shift podcast.info is where you can find it. It's called the shift yep. deconstruction of the modern day church. And wow. so we're wow. going to talk about things like how we are really supposed to be around a table 
Mm. The, the design of Christ was to be around a table with each other and loving each other in relationship and meeting at the church is great and beautiful and we're supposed to do it, but really we should be meeting together in small settings and really living life together, just like Jesus did with the disciples and mm -hmm. then taking the rest of that out into the world mm -hmm. to include when we meet on Sunday or once a month on Sunday or whatever mm -hmm. it looks like mm -hmm. to, in, to include when we get together as a bigger body, we should be intimate in a setting with each other and really just come together in the bigger church to worship the Lord together and maybe learn a little bit there, but we're supposed to learn intimately. Yeah. That's foundation. Yeah. So we're not supposed to isolate. We're not supposed to be apart. Mm -hmm. We need to be together. We need to be right. vulnerable and real with each other. Mm -hmm. Wow. You have such a beautiful story and there's so much freedom and redemption from this. And I feel like from the beginning of the story, when you talked about, you didn't know you weren't free. I would love for you to pray for our listeners. And that's something that I feel like if you can pray for is just really for the scales to come off our eyes, for yeah. the crap to come out of our ears. And yeah. just even for those of us who our lives look like they're good, that there's more, that there's so yeah. much more and that we can just really be in that place of just complete surrender to the Lord. Absolutely. I would love to. So Holy Spirit, I just ask that you'll come right now. And Lord, I ask that my words will be the words you put there. And I ask that the ears that my words fall on will be receiving what you're saying, even if I mess it up. <laughs> yeah. So, so important. <laughs> All right, Father, thank you. So Lord, I just ask right now that you'll begin to drop scales from our eyes as people are listening right now that the scales are falling off. The vision is corrected. Mm -hmm. I ask that ears, that, that you'll just remove the junk, remove the layers of fat from our ears from what the world has put in there. I just ask that that falls out right now and that deafness be corrected. Lord, those of us who think we have it all figured out and we have it all together, I just ask that you'll bring that to a grinding halt. I thank you for encounters like mine. Not that people will be wounded or hurt, but that people will hear you clearly in the midst of whatever they're doing, wherever they are, whatever is happening to them. I just ask that you'll show up and you will show out big during those moments. Lord, I ask for Damascus Road encounters. I ask for peace to fall on people. And I even ask for agitation to happen so that pearls will come to life. Bring us however you see fit to the point of healing. Lord, I thank you for my story, and I thank you for the story of others. I thank you for the beautiful symphony that you've made us a part of that we call life. And I thank you for this opportunity to share your beauty and your glory. And I just ask that you'll release blessing and growth and peace and holiness on everyone listening in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I felt my eyes shifting. <laughs> I felt my ears, everything that you're saying. I, I felt myself like I need this. Yeah. I'm not exempt from this. I need all of what you're praying. Absolutely. I do too. Every day, all yeah. the time. <laughs> Every yeah, day, all the time. You know, there's one thing I wanted to say about you that I absolutely love that is kind of, is really unique is how non-judgmental you are. You yeah. love people the way that Jesus loves them. And it doesn't matter what they look like how tall they are, how short they are, the color of their skin, how many tattoos they have, like you love them. 
And I, I just think that is such a gift. And I just invite our listeners into that place of stepping into that, of being non-judgmental, just like Jesus. So thank you so much for being a guest. And it was such an honor to have you. Well, thank you for letting me do this. It was beautiful. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Thank you, Heidi. You're amazing. I can't wait to see what the Lord does with this ministry. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread mental health awareness with Jesus at the Center. You can also check me out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or my website at HeidiMortensenLMFT.com. See you at our next episode.